Hello and welcome back to the Go Well podcast. My name is Kate Mercer and today I'm talking with Shana Kennedy um, all about her plan B. Shana Kennedy is a life coach with an intuitively tactical yet caring approach. She applies her knowledge, energy, drive and spirit to motivate and inspire others to shift their life, career and business dreams to reality. Author of Uh, the book Simplify, Structure, Succeed and the Life Plan, Simple Strategies for a Meaningful Life and Plan B. Shana is also an accredited advanced certified coach through the International Coaching Federation and she's a neuro-linguistic programming NLP practitioner. From individual coaching to group facilitation and workshops, her client portfolio spans CEOs and senior executives entrepreneurs and sporting leaders, to parents and corporate groups. A proud mother of Jack and Mia and partner to husband Michael, Shana's commitment to health and well-being is her personal priority. Welcome to the Go Well program, Shana. My pleasure. I look forward to talking to you today. Fantastic book you've produced there, Plan B. Still uh, working my way through it. There's so much in it. Well, it's, it takes you on a big journey. So it, it's sort of like a handbook and a guide, isn't it? It's not sort of a novel type of book to read through. It's actually, it's like a map that takes you on a journey through change. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot in it. It's, it's fabulous. Uh, right at the beginning of the book, you have start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Fantastic way to start the book, I think. Yeah, and I think everybody could use a little bit of that right now, no matter what situation you're in, whether you're in a lockdown or not, or, you know, the world changed for you. Just start where you are now and use what you have and do what you can. It's it's a really nice way just to reset and reframe yourself um, as you start each day. Yeah, beautiful. All right, well, look, talking about starting, let's start with your story and what led you to be doing the work that you're doing today. It started about 20 years ago when I was completely burnt out, where I'd married my job. I loved my job. I was obsessed with my job. My job, my title was who I was and how I held my self-worth in sports marketing. And I worked seven days a week. I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have self-care strategies. I loved to burn the candle at every end. And I didn't really have that care for self or know who I was without my job. So I had a big breakdown. I got chronic fatigue syndrome and I got depression. And for the last 20 years, I've had to dance with both and marry and learn and and be with both of those things on a daily basis. And it cost me my health. It it took a couple of years to recover. And in that time, I, I studied life coaching to coach my athletes into retirement because I had seen what happens to people when they lose their title and their job like our athletes do when they go from hero to zero overnight. And I was really thinking about nobody cares about them or goes through that change process with them or that transition into retirement. Sometimes they're only 25 years old. So I saw a lot of destruction and started coaching with that pure intention to coach athletes through that change. And it immediately turned very corporate. It turned to mums. It turned to you know, young people in their early 20s trying to navigate change. And over the last 20 years, that's exactly what I've been doing is coaching and speaking and writing about life and wellness skills that we're just not taught at home. Mm. Well, it's really timely, isn't it? Because, the you know, with the Olympics on at the moment, talking about 
athletes. And I've often thought about that even with um, musicians or people who sort of hit that very high celebrity status in some form, you know, when they're young, you know, what that means for the rest of their life. It must be really interesting working with them. It's fascinating whether they're a celebrity or an athlete or even someone who's like, you know, Peter from Macquarie Bank. And my first question is, who are you without your job? And it just stops people in their tracks because we're really good at saying, oh, I'm so-and-so and this is who I am, a director here or a partner there. And well, that's not who you are. That's just what you do. And when we bring people back to building themselves as a business and establishing themselves as a person that's deeply grounded in their own values, the job's just what you do. It's not who you are. Yeah, it's a really uh, interesting question that. Can I ask that of you just to, uh, so we can have an example of how you might answer that question? Who are you uh, without any of your titles? What, how would you answer that? Yeah, I'm a very calm, very confident, mindful person who is always looking to grow and to evolve and to tweak, you know, my, my values, which is, you know, health, family, happiness and achievement. So my boss is my own set of values. Um, what am I doing every day for my mental, physical and emotional health? What am I doing for family happiness? Meaning, am I showing up being the best version of myself? And I'm an achievement junkie. So it is about what's my sense of achievement today. And my normal achievement is to do more, but I value the achievement of being a human being now and doing the breathing and the gratitude and the journaling and the walking and the yoga and all of the mindful activities because that's actually what allows me to have longevity in my career and to have fulfilment in my life. Mm, there's a lot there already. Uh, when I was speaking to you yesterday, you'd just come from a half hour lunch and learn online with 200 attendees. Can you, um, like in half an hour, what do you talk about or what did you talk about with those people? Yeah, they're fantastic. It's about bringing everyone into the organisation and giving them the opportunity to have half hour power sessions of learning some really powerful mental health and wellbeing coping strategies. So we talk about self-connection, self-management and self-leadership. So we talk about values, we talk about vision, about goal setting, we talk about affirmations and training the brain, we talk about the the importance of breathing. You know, so many people just hold their breath these days. They don't even breathe mm. and wonder why they have overwhelm and anxiety. And, you know, breath is our medicine, yet nobody's taking it and mm. using it. So just giving them some of those powerful tips. We talk about the science of happiness. We talk about how we start and finish the day. And is that powerful? And is it a great habit? And is it working for you? So we get right into that nitty gritty of high performance without burning out. Mm, there's lots of tips there. Actually, what are the three M's? That's one of the things you talk about, isn't it? Yeah, starting your day. So make your bed, move your body, mindful breathing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're watching all of these athletes on the television at the moment with the Olympics and we're, we look at high performance all the time. Well, they have incredible strategy and structure for how they start and how they finish a day. And as us as humans wanting to be happy and fulfilled, we actually need to do the same. So how you start and how you finish your day are really important habits, rituals and pillars that when we spend a little bit of time focusing on them and making them work for us, 
we have a lot more energy. We can either lie in bed and doom scroll on our phone for an hour, or we could get up, make our bed, move our body for half an hour to an hour. And you'd have a very different day. So just challenging people on what their habits are and are they working for them is, is a pretty big, pretty big question to be asking ourselves. Okay, and actually at that event, you mentioned that half the people there were men. Do you find working with men is different to working with women? Yeah, it's very different. I think women generally, and I hate to generalise, are Mm. a lot more open to learning. But I think men, it's really important. They're burnt out, they're exhausted. They've had to navigate their careers through this time as well. And I think they're really opening up to maybe I need some power skills. Maybe I do need some of these life and wellness skills because I am feeling exhausted, burnt out, irritable, unmotivated. And maybe it's time for me to open up and learn these things. And it's quite interesting. A lot of the men, when we say to take a big breath, some of them type in the chat room, I haven't taken a breath for 10 years. And it's emotional for them to even breathe. Um, They've just been on that treadmill of life, just hammering away for so long. So it is a beautiful to watch them be open now to writing the notes, to thinking about their own set of values, to learning to breathe and and thinking about their 10-year-older self. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And so now um, sort of stepping back a bit and looking at it from a more macro point of view or top-down approach, uh, we're all living, because of COVID, of course, we're all living with so much more uncertainty at the moment. And so you're talking, you said a lot about how we can take back control and you talk to people about the basic fundamentals. What are they? Yeah, well, we what, what we want to do at the moment is control the controllables. You know, let's bring everything down into what can I do today? And when we go to the basic fundamentals like eat, move and sleep um, and power plan your day, which means planning it in in um, chunks of work with, you know, very conscious refills like walk around the block or, you know, go and do 20 push-ups or just change your state of your body, you know, sit up straight, stand up, move. Um, These are the basics. And when we just do the basics, everything's really good. Um, It's when we don't do the basics, like we're not sleeping properly or we're taking the phone to bed or we're scrolling all night or... Um, we're not moving our body we've realized for three days we haven't been for a walk or something like that you know or we're eating the wrong food we're we're putting too much sugar and caffeine in the body and then we wonder why we're feeling anxious or overwhelmed is the body is in a state of fight or flight it's it's producing cortisol the whole day whereas when we go for a nice walk or we do some breathing or we do 10 minutes of mindful work on breath or journaling or meditation our nervous system gets a chance to say oh so it's okay it's all okay and we have a different perspective on life then Mm, definitely the interesting thing and probably the hardest thing I think uh, if I think about my when I'm working working away on my computer is you just get so involved don't you when you're on these computer screens time just goes by do you ever actually say to people to set a clock to when they should stop or anything like that and have breaks 100 percent. Mm. so um with me on the screen a lot of the day presenting uh coaching um doing interviews etc i always try to do a quick lap of the block which takes me five minutes just to get some air, to move my body, to Mm. refuel. Mm. And then it sort of gets to the end of the day and I still feel as fresh as the beginning. 
And the whole challenge is to have a tools downtime, which for me is, you know, 6 p.m., is close that lid, don't mm. look at screens again, mm. just go and enjoy dinner with the family, have a bit of a dance off, watch a show together, watch some of the Olympics, but none of this scrolling anymore or definitely no laptop anymore. We need to remember that we're all athletes and we need to leave the track. Mm. We need to consciously go and refuel in order to show up the next day with great energy, with great joy to enjoy our job. And if we just let it all mesh into one big melting pot, we really do find that we're unmotivated and we struggle with that energy. Mm. So it's really interesting we've come back to setting goals again now, haven't we? Because you really have to give it really focused attention, don't you? You have to, you do actually have to write lists and say, right, at this time I'm going to do this, I'm going to have a glass of water. At this time I'm going to go and have this food, have the food ready. When you're working from home, it's even more critical, isn't it? 100%. The brain, the brain needs a map, right? It's like getting in your car, where are you going today? You've got to plot that GPS and the, the brain needs something, otherwise it will do nothing. It will sit in a slump for the day. It will. It looks for the easiest way out. Mm. And when we just write, even on a sticky note, you know, uh, this is these are my uh, little goals for the day: is to drink a liter of water, or um, you know, I I have a glass next to the tap in the bathroom, so I have to wash my hands, take three breaths, and have a drink of water every time I leave the bathroom. Just little structures mm. that allow you to feel supported during the day. I know these are my three breaks. Those three breaks, I'll walk around the block. Even if it's raining, I just put the umbrella up. Mm. And you feel a really great sense of achievement. Whereas if you've just worked all day on the computer, you actually don't even have that sense of achievement. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, so and now you talk a lot about emotional health. How does that uh, differ from mental health? I think a mental health is, you know, what you're telling yourself in the brain. Our emotional health is our heart space and how we're feeling. And that's that kindness, that empathy and that compassion for ourselves and for other people. And for a lot of people that I've been hearing is they just beating themselves up saying, why aren't I motivated? You know, why is it taking me longer to do things now? Things that used to take me half an hour are taking me 45 minutes because we've got this um, cumulative lethargy from a whole year of this breaking news running in the background and anxiety running in the background. So we might not be as efficient as we used to be or as fast as we used to be or we've become a little bit insular so we're a bit anxious about going out. And so people say, what's wrong with me? And um, they're self-sabotaging rather than treating themselves like a best friend and being kind and compassionate and encouraging and saying, well, it is a tough time and we are in very different environment. And we have had a whole year of doom and gloom and breaking news. So let's just be a bit gentle. We are getting things done. It might take you a little bit longer, but that's okay. You've got this. So it's just that, that heart space emotional health that people are so quick to destroy when we could be just a bit more kinder a bit more compassionate to ourselves and then the ride wouldn't be just so horrific for a lot of people yeah it's interesting that you uh say that we're actually what we're all going through is grief both personal and collective grief because when mm. I've looked at grief, I mean, there are stages of grief too, aren't there? So we're sort of all going through that collectively. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And, and everyone's going through different stages. I mean, for a lot of people, COVID has made their business explode. You know, it's been the best, the best career thing that's ever happened to them or to their business. But for a lot of people, not. But 
we find that people are grieving, oh, I can't go and see my parents or I can't visit my mum in hospital or I'm really grieving that I can't just go to my friend's house and have a cup of tea or I can't sit in the cafe. That's grief. So when we're feeling flat, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling angry, frustrated, it's actually a part of the grief cycle and we've never been taught that at school. So we're not really aware of the grief cycle and the stages. So we, we have the emotions flow in, but they also flow out. This too shall pass is really a really important little affirmation. This too shall pass because how you felt yesterday might be different to how you feel today. But we are collectively grieving the world that we lost, the freedom that we lost, the ability to jump on a plane or travel for work or have lots of lovely family dinners and the things that were maybe just the simple things that we that we feel like we've lost, um, that we're grieving. And when people realise, oh, that's what it is, they can stop beating up on themselves and just compassionately go through the cycle. Yeah, it's interesting. Listening to you talk, the other thing uh, we spoke about is living in the moment. You know, when we're living in such uncertain times it does sort of seem to make sense that if we try to focus on what's present what's here and now in front of us rather than looking ahead looking behind uh it it does sort of seem to make sense in terms of anxiousness but you say actually looking ahead is a good thing yeah we want to do a combination of both if you're in lockdown focus on today how you can make today good move your body do your breathing eat and drink well you know we, we can focus on that But we also need to look up because the brain needs a map of where it's going to appeal to your better self or to think of life after COVID, you know, it becomes exciting again. So it gives us purpose. I'm going to save all my money now because I'll travel again when the world opens up or I'll save my money for this or, you know, by the time I'm five years time, I'd love to have all of my photo books done and all my taxes up to date and when we look up and think about how we want to feel in five years, if we want to feel um, calm and confident and fit, it means we better start moving today. So when we have some bigger goals again and allow ourselves to keep looking up, it actually does fuel some of these smaller goals that we can be setting for ourselves today because that's what gives us purpose. Yes, and I'm glad you've actually just segued into purpose. That was coming right into my next question. And I know, of course, the, perhaps you say things a little differently to different generations or different age groups, different genders perhaps you're talking to, but I was wondering what you would uh, say to particularly the over 60 age group who, you know, might be asset rich, uh, uh, but, you know, perhaps a bit cash poor, I don't know, living from their super, uh, but perhaps not feeling as fulfilled What do you say to them from a coaching perspective? What do you talk to them about? Well, we talk about fulfillment as a as a word, as as a as a purpose is where do we find fulfillment and getting them to start to identify really what does make them feel joy, um, what does make them feel good? Is it getting into the garden? It's normally learning. No, over 60s, we've got this time to learn. You know, we've got this time to go and research things and we can go and study. We can go and do these things that are a bit more meaningful. They're not just treadmill of life, let's make money and pay off the mortgage. You know, it's a beautiful time to really evolve and to really flourish or to give back and to maybe mentor some younger people. Um, there's, a, there's, that's a beautiful playground now for them. 
Um, so I'm always asking them about what is it that's going to give you joy? Because, you know, let's face it, you've got another 30 fabulous years ahead of you. Let's start making a vision for that. Let's start setting some goals about what you want to achieve in your 60s and then your 70s and then your 80s. And the people that I work with, I get very excited about that because they start thinking about, oh, I've always been interested in essential oils. I think I'll go and study it. And then they come and teach it and then they sell it and then they've got a side hustle before they know it. And they're, they're just being a lot more creative. Yeah, certainly age doesn't have to be a barrier, does it? Oh, no. Absolutely not. I mean, Louise Hay started Hay House Publishing at the age of 60. Yes, she died in her mid-90s and she built a massive empire. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, there's, nothing should stop you. That, actually, I, that uh, saying, the sky's the limit, I always say, no, the sky's not the limit. <laughs> You can go way beyond the. You can go beyond the sky. I'm just actually opened your book again uh, randomly, and the page I opened to says, "If someone offers you an amazing opportunity to do something and you're not sure you can do it, say yes, then learn how to do it later." That's Richard Branson. Absolutely, I think people wait to, especially women, wait to. Oh, I don't know if I can do it perfectly, so they hold themselves back. Whereas men will say, "I'll have a go." So I always think there's a lot of opportunity out there if you're open to it. Learn on the job, you know, don't be afraid of taking that leap of faith. I agree. And I think uh, the other thing we were talking about yesterday, in fact, is it sort of can be quite fun to challenge yourself anyway. And, uh, you know, failure is only really learning so that you can go to the next step, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we need challenges. When we're learning and when we're growing, we're always happy. When we're not learning anything and we're stuck in that plateau, you know, that's really nice for a little bit when we're trying to just gather our strength or restore our energy. But if we stay there for too long, we get stuck and stuck energy and we start feeling flat and then we start feeling a bit sad or a bit miserable or we lose our confidence. But every time we're growing and we're learning something, we feel like, you know, you're the butterfly, you're just opening up a bit more and, um, and the more that we meet people and interact with people, the more that we network and the more that we look after our own health and well-being as best we possibly can, the more opportunities we're going to have in the future. Absolutely. Well, look, it's been wonderful talking with you. And uh, once again, well, congratulations on your fabulous book, Plan B, which covers so much uh, about what you have been talking with me about today, but it sort of breaks it down. I mean, it's, it's, it's just jam-packed, a guide to navigating and embracing change. And, you know, change would have to be one of the hardest things that we all have to look at sometimes, isn't it? It's, uh, what would you perhaps in ending our interview today say about change, Shanna? I, I think we need to lean into change. I mean, the clouds are changing every five minutes. Um, our bodies are changing on the hour with our hormones. I think it's something that we need to dance with and become friends with. And, you know, if we can understand the journey of change, as I've put in those four sections, um, I think we don't need to fear it. I think we can flow with it a lot better. Oh, I love the word flow. What a wonderful way to end. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. My pleasure. It was great speaking to you.